Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Dave Martin. He's the Global Chief Security Officer at ADP. We're going to talk about the security issues companies are concerned about, how HR should stay on top of security, and of course, about the data in security efforts. We'll cover all that and more on this edition of People Tech. Hey Dave, it's good to see you. So what's the state of cybersecurity right now in HR? I mean, vendors take it seriously, but do HR departments? So I believe we definitely get a, a lot of conversations from our clients that are kind of asking the right questions, kind of partly driven by privacy and then also kind of more directly in the cybersecurity space. And then more recently, perhaps over the last year or so, you know, bringing more resiliency conversations into that question. I think after kind of we've seen the pandemic and we've seen um, the rise or increase in kind of ransomware type attacks and kind of resiliency is very top of mind for uh, HR. Is there a particular threat um, that would impact HR that nobody's really talking about that they, they should be? No, I think it, we're, we're covering it from kind of the full spectrum of cyber attacks. The, uh, we're a converged security organization that covers the physical security space for ADP, fraud for ADP, uh, and also cyber. So kind of we see that full spectrum of conversation around a, uh, the, the safety angles, kind of the uh, potential kind of opportunities for fraud. Uh, and then obviously more more directly cyber related attacks. And then kind of, as I mentioned, that resiliency component that uh, is also really important to process and service availability often in the wake of cyber attacks. So how should um, HR stay on top of security concerns? I, I mean, that really means how educated do they have to be, um, I suppose, but they don't have IT's expertise, obviously. Um, how deep do they need to wade in to manage things effectively? So I think if they have it internally, obviously connecting with their internal technology and uh, hopefully security organizations and making sure they're aware of the, uh, the services that are being provided, data that's being transferred back and forth, how that's happening. So partly reaching back inside their own organization, engaging with companies like ADP. We have a lot of information around the, what we consider the trust of our services and kind of how we deliver those services. So we make general things available. We try and um, in each of the conferences, online sessions that we hold at ADP, making sure that kind of security and privacy have a voice there. So we're out there are what may be considered HR education sessions, kind of like delivering uh, topics in terms of business resi resiliency, privacy, and uh, security. So uh, we like to do our part in making sure that our clients and prospects are educated. Now, I, I'd like to shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things that you hear a lot about nowadays is the demand for security professionals. 
um, that there's there's such a, a need for them. Uh, from your point of view, how's the pipeline of security professionals? Are there enough coming through people graduating from school and, and getting into this and you know sort of working their way way up? Yeah, it's it's always been a uh, always been an issue in availability of talent in over the last twenty years as this kind of very nascent space has continued to evolve. I mean, it's, uh, it continues to get larger in its importance, its necessity, um, and then also what it takes to keep a a business safe and. Uh, their data confidential and their services available. So the challenge for uh, for getting the right people with the right skills continues. And I think that's also true. Security used to be a, lar a, a large team would only happen at the largest of companies and that the number of security people kind of in even medium and small companies is continuing to increase. So, the, uh, the demand for professionals is there. I think the availability of talent is way better. They're kind of starting from a, uh, even down in high school, kind of like security is now increasingly part of the conversation, if not the curriculum. There are kind of many degrees that are specific to a cyber now that didn't exist even 10 years ago. And then also uh, a lot of the technology and uh, even business degrees either or provide for uh, minors in security or uh, definitely include it in units as part of the curriculum. And, and this is great, right? It's, security is not something that small teams and companies should be doing. It really is a team sport that, that it really does take a village to have conversations around not just the technology side, very much kind of like what, what are the business requirements? How do we have evolved conversations in kind of business terms around risk. We're used to talking about risk perhaps in businesses from a project execution, financial aspects, but how do we expand that conversation to include kind of the investments that we might need to make in, uh, in the security and privacy space? So, so I'm sorry. Just kind of, I, I make sure I answer your question. Um, the available talent is there, but we're also seeing the ability for security organizations to draw in talent from other areas, uh, both emerging right out of school and then also kind of people that are kind of further on in their career and make sure that there's access to bringing them into the organization and being able to train the pieces of security they don't have, but also leverage that important experience that they've already got. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Well, that actually leads neatly into my, my next question, which is, 
you know, there, there's such talk about upskilling and internal mobility right now, you know, basically getting people within the existing team to, to move to another area and training them um, as necessary. Um, does that work in cybersecurity? Are you able to bring in people from other parts of the organization? Yeah, very definitely. And it definitely, and it's a strategy that we pursue. So kind of the most obvious internal hunting ground is in the technology, our product and our IT areas. But that's only part of the problem, especially as we have this um, converged security organization, we need so many different skill sets and backgrounds. So we'll also look to other areas of the business uh, in, because they have that innate understanding of kind of what we need to do and what needs to be there to provide for customers. They also come with different types of degrees, different kind of prior company and industry experience and having that kind of very diverse background really helps us in thinking more broadly. If you, we just have kind of a, a single back, set of background, a single set of skill sets, often skewed to technology, that means we kind of uh, will always reach to that same muscle that we know very well to try and solve problems. But problem, technology is not always the solution. Sometimes we can make changes to process. Um, sometimes just having a, a kind of a, an effective communication with the business can change how they're delivering a solution and actually kind of remove the need for a kind of a technology solution, which often can be quite clumsy and have other impacts. When I'm looking out to kind of bring people in from the outside or elsewhere within ADP that don't have five years, three years, 10 years of security experience, we're looking for what I would consider a sense of mission, that, that passion to really understand knowledge, curiosity, uh, be self-learning. They'll challenge data and, and really have that, that passion. I really want to understand and get to the, the true root cause. What caused this thing? Not just assume, oh, maybe that thing's always been that way. No, we really want to understand what's different in detail but then leverage that, again, the diverse set of business knowledge they may have. They may have skills in process data and analytics, um, people skills, education, education and influence. All of these can come together. We can kind of give them more context and, and teach them additional specific elements around security, both with on the job training that we have, some training modules we've developed, and then also there's a lot of great information out, uh, on the market as well. So why, why are people skills so important in something like security? So uh, sometimes you can look at our role as kind of uh, influence and in kind of uh, behavior modification. Um, we're trying to appeal to people to do what we see as the right thing, make sure they understand how to do that right thing and appeal to them in terms of, if I come back specific to ADP, we have this kind of integrity is everything at our core, want and willingness to support and go the extra mile to support our clients. How do I appeal, appeal to those? So having people with those people skills that really understand, how do we explain why we're asking them to do perhaps a specific extra step in those terms that they kind of live and breathe every day, that makes it more likely that they're 
not going to see it as an extra tax, an extra step that is uh, slowing them down and supporting that client, but they're now doing it for a purpose. They, they realize they're keeping that client safe or their client's data safe. So if you look ahead, let's say five or 10 years, um, what trends are you seeing right now that people in, in cybersecurity or possibly looking to get into the field, what are the things that they should be aware of and preparing for? So I, I think more, more of the same, um, which is the really simple uh, answer, but it's the amount of data that we're processing and need to, uh, to analyze is gonna increase. So really understanding kind of data skills, data analysis skills, more and more of what we do has to be embedded in, in workflows, whether that be business process or in technology. So even things like basic automation skills, you don't have to be a, a, a full stack developer, but really understanding how to set some business requirements to be able to pass to a development community in basic automation skills. Regulatory requirements are going to continue to, uh, to evolve um, perhaps exponentially. So, and at the same time, technology and business needs. So that one thing I come back to that, the, the first for knowledge, I can promise anyone that enters this field, every day is going to be different tomorrow, kind of uh, next quarter, next year, uh, five years, 10 years, this is going to continue to evolve and being very agile, very free thinking about what, what we need to do and being willing to do some research, being willing to go engage with other people outside of the field to think about different ways that we solve this really challenging problem. Now, let me ask the same question, but in the context of HR, um, you know, are, are people in HR or talent acquisition, are there certain things they should be thinking about for that sort of longer term uh, you know, things that they should be on the lookout for or concerned about? I think it's really staying informed. This changes so fast. You may think, oh, I took a, uh, that, a one hour class two years ago. This really, really changes radically, whether, uh, as I say, the, the risk and understanding about how we affect change in risk, the uh, business environment, the privacy pressures that are on, and also just the sense of the possible. What should they be asking their providers? So it's definitely something that you can't do every other year. You want to try and find some continuing education resource that kind of plugs you into this area of the HR field, at least on an annual basis. So you're prepared to ask the right questions and in some cases understand the responses. Looking at security people again, um, as opposed to HR, um, what particular areas of knowledge and skills do you think people are going to need in cybersecurity in the future? I think that I've talked about that requirement to understand and be able to communicate with the business. I think that that may be optional in some parts of the field right now, but it's going to become absolutely critical across it. Um, Particularly as you uh, kind of get rise in uh, in leadership roles, that ability to understand the business, communicate very technical things in kind of business speak, 
and in kind of a simple risk understanding is, is definitely going to be critical. The evolution of technology with so many different fields, um, like the, the field of cryptography, which is grounded in mathematics, that's evolving very rapidly now. And as we think about quantum computing and how that's going to change that field, every aspect of kind of what we do is continuously evolving, but some are going to have to see very radical shifts. So maintaining a broad set, if you're a, a risk practitioner, technology expert, you can't just chase your own domain and, and how that's evolving. You've got to kind of look to the other areas of such a broad profession. Um, and the last question is, um, again, thinking about people that would come into security from another area. Um, do you think people who have the core of their experience outside of cybersecurity are more successful than people who mainly stick with the same career track? Or do you think it varies? Or do you think you really need to be a security specialist from the get-go? You certainly don't need to be a security specialist from the get-go in any of the domains. In, in the most very technical areas, it certainly helps to have technical aptitude. But I, I think to your kind of other point of creating that kind of more broad visibility instead of just staying very narrow and in a silo channel, you'll always be a better practitioner. You'll always be able to see different solutions to a problem with the broader exposure that you have. That may mean different kind of the physical security domain, the fraud security domain, a, uh, and other areas. It also can take you out into the business, into consulting roles. Um, anytime when we talk about uh, kind of that diverse experience set, the more diverse your experience set, the more diverse experience set that the team has, will make them overall a better team and better individual practitioners. Dave, thanks very much for taking the time today. Absolutely. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. My guest today has been Dave Martin, Global Chief Security Officer for ADP. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcast.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, 
Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.